Okay, so we're back on, that's cool, not me. So, <laughs> so we're going into the talk of the Holy Spirit again. We've been kind of going through this for a couple weeks now. I'm going to read some scripture to start the basis of it, and we'll go into a little bit, okay? So, John 16, 7 through 11. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I am leaving, for if I do not leave, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you, and he, when he comes, will convict the world regarding sin, righteousness, and judgment. Regarding sin, because they do not believe in me, which is Christ. And regarding righteousness, because I am going to the Father, and you will no longer are going to see me, right, which is Christ again. And regarding judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged, which is close, Satan at this time. <laughs> Satan at this time, but that was good. I, I know I tricked you, right? It was kind of like a word thing. Close. <laughs> so the reason why I read that is because one thing we're going to talk about is how do we get to have the Holy Spirit dwell in us? You guys remember? You remember? Believing and trusting in God and repenting, turning away from your sin, and trusting in the Lord and Savior, right? Because he gives us that gift, which is the... Holy Spirit, right, the helper. So he's, as he goes, he's going to be with us too. And so he dwells in us. So we know that the Holy Spirit is given to believers as helpers, as a helper from Christ. And we know that non-believers are not gifted uh, this for they do not believe in the true Son of God, right? And they don't repent of their sins. So that's why we have to trust in Christ fully, believe in him, repent of our sins in the sense that we gain the Holy Spirit as a helper for us to understand the word and understand and live a lifestyle to be more Christ-like, Okay. So the one thing we're going to talk about today is where he talks about um, convicting the world, all right? Did you guys get that when I read that verse where it says, uh, uh, but if I go, I will send him and he will convict the world regarding sin, righteousness, and judgment. Do you guys remember that? Okay. Big, well, that's a lot. So what does the word convict mean? You guys ever heard that before? No? Because there's kind of like, kind of two parts to it. Benji, what do you got? I'll let you Okay. All right. I like it. Okay. That's good. So two parts to the word convict, okay? It means to make aware of one's sinfulness or guilt. Have you ever done something before and you're like, oh man, I lied to that person. I feel convicted. I feel guilty for lying. Or maybe I did something wrong to that person. You just feel convicted. That's kind of like what it means. You, you're made aware of one's sinfulness or guilt that you've done. On the other side, is have you ever been in a court setting where they're like, hey, you, uh, you're convicted of this crime, you were found guilty by this evidence, right? The court says you're being convicted based off this, hence you are convicted and charged for that. Lincoln? Um, so ah. Good. Tell me about it afterwards. I like that. So we go to means to make aware of one's sinfulness or guilt <laughs> and to prove guilty with evidence, okay? So like, like I said, if you're convicted of a crime in court, it means you're found guilty, right? Hey, you sped, you got some speeding tickets, you're uh, convicted guilty of those speeding tickets, right? So those are those two means of the word convicted. So the Spirit will convict the world through uh, the believer through the preaching of Scripture, 
You notice when you see like a pastor, someone up here on the pulpit and they're preaching the word, you hear like them say like, thou shalt not lie. They hear it from the scripture. And you go, oh man, well, I lied before. It's kind of convicting. Yet you know you're aware of it because the scripture convicts you. The word of God convicts you in that sense through the Holy Spirit. So the three parts I want to go with you on this is the sin, righteousness, and judgment of where, how he convicts the world, okay? So the Holy Spirit convicts man of sin of rejecting Christ as our Lord and Savior. Can you guys tell me what it is to reject Christ as your Lord and Savior? What does that mean? Not believing. Okay. Gotcha. So do you think it's a sin not to believe in Christ? Ah, okay, good. Good, good. (laughs) It is a big sin. It's a graven sin, right? Because the Holy Spirit makes a man see that not believing in Christ is a crowning sin. And since it makes God a liar, which he's definitely not a liar. Scripture's clear, right? So therefore... He who doesn't believe in Christ has rejected God's mercy. That's a pretty profound thing to say. You reject God's mercy that he's given to us, right? And rejects his greatest display of love for us. Do you know his greatest display of love for us? Heaven. Heaven, that's close. Okay, how about something else? What, what was a big thing that happened to Christ? Do you remember? Died for our sins. That was the greatest display of his love for us, which, which he is dying on the cross, right? That was... His mercy to us, okay? And so Christ knew, knew no sin. God made to be sin for us and took the wrath of God in place so we can be free in him, right? So that's proof that we need to believe in Christ and trust him. The Holy Spirit's convicting the world. Hey, you're all guilty of this. You need to believe that he's the true son of God, right? And if you don't, there's consequences, right? You don't believe in the true son of God. You don't have the Holy Spirit. You don't have Christ. Eternal damnation. It's Hell is there. It's not pretty, but that's what they strive to tell you in Scripture, and it's huge. Benji? Yeah, Scripture's, you don't want, that's right, you don't want that. So what do we do? We believe in the true Son of God, and we uh, follow Him in obedience and become Christ-like, right? So the Holy, so therefore we know that we don't want to fall in that sin. So righteousness now. Who is righteous? God, good, good, good. Okay, am I righteous? Why am I not righteous? <laughs> That's good. You're right. You're absolutely right. Only one man, Christ, fully man, fully God, is truly righteous. That's good. I'm glad you know that. Um, so the Pharisees, you know the Pharisees in the scripture. You remember them, the very high up, astute people? They try to be high and mighty. They try to get all 3,000 laws set that they can do it all and be perfect. But can they? Can their righteousness get them into heaven? And why is that? Yeah, yeah. But remember, whose standard are we going by? God's standard, right? You know, he had the laws. He had the Ten Commandments. He has these standards. If we break one law, if we break one of the Ten Commandments, what happens? What happens? You got it. You're good. We sin. We broke the command. When we break one, we break them all. So we've already fell, fallen short of the glory of God, right? Hold on that thought one second. Give me one second. So you've fallen short, and then we know by Christ's righteousness, this is the joy of it, though. Yeah, we've fallen short. We've broken his commandments. I've lied. I've sinned, right? But what Christ did on the cross for us, because he's the perfect sacrifice who knew no sin, right? When he died on that cross, and by faith in him, we are seen as righteous by his shed blood for us. So God sees us as righteous as believers in him. Okay, because of the blood of Christ, because of that. Okay, so that's how we're seen righteous in his eyes. We're not righteous, but Christ is righteous. 
So I just want to make sure you know. So therefore, only ri- the only righteous one who is about to leave the world, which is Jesus, but the Holy Spirit was to come and convince the world of the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ and the unrighteousness of all others. So he's convicting the world, hey, no one is righteous, no, not one. But Christ, Christ is righteous. He's the one that will, when he died on the cross, make us be seen righteous in God's eyes, right? So we trust in that. That's, that's a good thing. Then there's the judgment he convicts the world of. So the death of Christ caused judgment to be passed upon Satan, okay? And the devil realized that his kingdom was virtually overthrown, right? Because remember, when Jesus died, you know, scripture was clear he was gonna come back, but he wasn't sure to see it. And when he did come back and rose from the dead, that defeated death. He conquered it, right? Christ defeated death, is that right? Praise God. He did. So Jesus recognized Satan as the prince of this world, okay? And it was Satan's works that Christ came to destroy, all right, through that. So when Jesus died and rose again, he conquered death. Satan was judged and condemned because we know where he's gonna go. Scripture is clear, right? Where's he gonna go? Right, lake of fire. He's already destined for that, okay? He now awaits his sentence, okay? Which shall be executed when the kingdoms of this world will be in the kingdoms of our Lord Jesus Christ. So therefore, last I got for y'all, the Holy Spirit will convince the world that the prince of this world is doomed and all his subjects with him. So scripture says all this for us. And you know who wrote the scripture? Well, you're right, God. Holy Spirit inspired men to write the word, but it's the Holy Spirit, right? Good. I just want to make sure that's clear so we know how he convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Benji? Can you what now? How about afterwards? Can you do that for me? My man. Okay, thank you. Okay, so that's all I got for y'all today on the Holy Spirit. I think we'll do some more next week. So I appreciate y'all coming today, and we'll just go in a quick prayer and get back into worship. Thank you, guys. God, we're so thankful for allowing you giving us this gift of the Holy Spirit as a helper, as a comforter in our lives, knowing that you're always indwelling us as believers. We're so thankful for that because we can't do it on our own. We can't do anything on our own. It's all been given from you. We thank you for allowing that to be in our lives, to understand the word, to allow us to be convicted of hearing the scripture, that we all need that. <laughs> we need that so bad. And we're so thankful for that as you've redeemed us through the blood of Christ and sacrifice on the cross for us, Lord. We thank you for this time and worship, and we just praise you. And it's in your name we pray, amen.